to die, to be really dead, that must be glorious. Why, Count Dracula? There are far worse things, waiting man, than death. Welcome back to the Hiding Through Horrors podcast, where we review horror movies and horror movie franchises. I'm Mark. I'm Tawan. I'm Maria. And today we're reviewing classic Dracula, released in 1931, officially directed by Todd Browning. Uncredited directing goes to Carl Frenet. Screenplay by Garrett Fort. Maria, can you give the people the plot summary? The dashing mysterious Count Dracula, after hypnotizing a British British soldier Renfield into his mindless slave, travels to London and takes up residence in an old castle. Soon, Dracula begins to wreak havoc, sucking the blood of young women and turning them into vampires. When he sets his sights on Mina, the daughter of a prominent doctor, vampire hunter Van Helsing is enlisted to put a stop to the Count's never-ending bloodlust. So I'm the last up in our little um, pick-our-favorite-horror-movie uh, one of our favorite horror movies, little thing that we have going on here. And I decided, well, I couldn't really pick my, I was going to pick one of my top three favorite horror movies, but then I was like, damn, we've already done my favorite, my, my top three. My top three being Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Lives, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. And then I was like, okay, what about my, what about four and five? And then that is Scream and Halloween H2O. So I was like, oh shit, I don't know what movie to pick. So I reached out to one of our friend, one of my friends and one of the listeners, and he is a huge fan of Dracula. So here we are, we're watching Dracula. Stole my friend's pick because I couldn't pick mine because we already reviewed them. So... Maria, did you did you like Dracula? This was your first time watching this, right? Or your thoughts? It's definitely different. I think I'm just okay. The first Dracula movie I ever watched was Van Helsing, so I think that's like the first, you know, like the the uh, the Van Helsing with Hugh Grant, and that's like the first ever like. I just I guess that's what I base everything off of. Um, it's just, I mean, it was okay. (laughs) Very interesting. Um, I did, I also did read Dracula in high school and I do remember some of it. Um, it was definitely different because I know that the retelling that they're doing here was the Broadway one, I think. It is. Yeah. Um, it's. It's the Broadway Broadway adaption of the book that they're based this off. Yeah. Looks like we lost Tawan. Yeah, I see. Keep going though. Um I mean it was definitely an interesting movie. I what I I mean it's not I guess it's not just really my cup of tea, I guess. I was a little cringy. You know, because it's like they used real animals. 
But then all the bats are fake. But, you know, the bats are supposed to be, like, the main thing of the movie. So it's like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it was... Definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's always nice to go back to the classics. Um, yeah. I think for, like... For a 70-minute movie, it wasn't too bad. Though I did get a little confused throughout the movie, I guess. I don't know. There's just... I guess it's just different. Um, it was okay. <laughs> it's an okay movie. Tawan, what are your thoughts on Dracula? Was this also your first time watching the movie? Yes, this was my first time watching um, this Dracula. And honestly, I really don't think I've seen any like official Dracula adaptations kind of um yeah I don't think I really see any like official Dracula adaptations that like follow like the origin of Dracula and like his like story with like Van, Van Helsing and Reinfeld and stuff like that um, I've seen like movies that kind of talk about Dracula or like have it in like a different type of way like that Dracula Untold movie I think like, the, the Dan Helsing movie like Hugh Jackman stuff like that but nothing but I didn't actually see this one nor have I read the novel so um, it was interesting watching this movie because it mentioned a lot of things that I didn't know were actually a part of like the Dracula lore and I thought it was just things that were, you know, kind of like, just like added for, for like movies and stuff like that. Like the concept of Ryan Field being like his assistant, like not going to lie. I just thought that was a thing for that movie that came out recently. And um, Van Helsing as well, um, even though it wasn't like a, like a super vampire hunter, like in that movie or other like media, it was still like an antagonist to um to Dracula, and also, like, a little thing, like, him having, like, the three wives and stuff like that, um, there was another movie, which, which was bad, that movie, The Invitation, where the Dracula in that story had, like, the three wives, and I didn't know that was part of the lore, I just thought it was, you know, something to, that they added onto the mythos of that movie, so it was interesting to see, um, just callbacks to stuff that I picked up from other media over time, and then, um, applying it to knowing that it's a part of like the mythos of the character so that's pretty cool but as far as the movie itself um it was definitely interesting watch because like it's probably i'm not it's probably the oldest movie i've seen um to be like to be honest and there's definitely a lot of differences with kind of stuff that was happening, especially looking into some of the behind the scenes thing of how this was handled as far as like it being in sound and stuff like that, but them still kind of being in that silent film era. So a lot of like shots were kind of different because they lingered around to have those like card inserts for like it to have a silent film version and um, things like that. But I think what I really liked the most outside of everything in this movie was just the set designs. Like the sets were really nice. Um amazing. Like big actual like practical sets. Like wow. Yeah, like they were really nice. Like the interiors of the castles and everything, they were really cool how they were designed. Um so I did like that. Um 
but due to the limitations, not well, not really limitations, but due to I would say more more so like the newness of like sound and film, it it did feel a little kind of lacking on the dialogue parts. Um, with, uh, which I didn't think it was enough, but it was still enough there to like get the story to where we got it to. But it did kept, it, still, it did feel like like empty in certain parts with kind of like weird like shot choices and decisions. But I also have to just realize that it was super early on as well, so they didn't have as much like stuff that we do today for like movies, for instance. So they had really just started talking. So like I I definitely feel you on the dialogue and it's like this is one of one of the first like talking movies so like they didn't really know what the hell to say yeah so you could definitely feel that throughout um but the people but the actors made it work and um as like as much as they could do as much as they could do so with within those confines but um I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a bad movie. It was. It was interesting to like just see how something was produced back then and watching it through. Yeah, for me, this is. I like old movies. I've seen a lot. Like this isn't. This actually isn't even the oldest movie I've ever seen. Like one of the oldest movies I've ever seen is Nosferatu, which is the first. Um, movie adaptation of the Dracula book, which you can't really find around anymore because the Dracula's, I mean, not Dracula, Bram Stoker's widow uh, sued the people who made it because they made it without permission. And she demanded that most of the prints be destroyed. So it's out there somewhere, but it's really, really hard to find. But like, this is, it's definitely, you can definitely tell that they're still trying to figure out the whole talking thing because there is a lot of a lot of dead silence. There's a lot of awkward pauses and lingering shots. But overall, like it's like like you said, the set design is amazing. The acting's good. It like it's hard to look at it and trying to like judge it based off the standards of what we have now. I just always try to put myself in like, okay, if I was in the audience back in 1931, would this wow me? Which is kind of what I was like going through when I was watching it for the review. But let's go over and let's talk about some scenes. What were some scenes that stood out to you guys? Good, bad, or indifferent? Maria? Um... I liked the scenes. I liked Mina. I don't know. She was one of one of my favorite characters. Um, I liked how in the beginning, um, you know, she would like chill with Lucy, and then I I liked like her switch when she was kind of becoming a vampire, and you see her like, you know, like acting different. I really liked those scenes because of the actress and how she kind of like, you know, how you can kind of see the switch and you can tell that she's just not you know, the innocent Mina anymore. She's a little bit more dangerous. Um, I liked the scene where... Oh, my God. I saw this movie a couple days ago. 
I like I also liked the scenes when the camera closes in like on Dracula and his face and his eyes are just like light up, you know, because it's that's something that kind of, you know, happens a lot in the movies. Um but it looks good here. Um I like the scenes with the bats. Cause they that they did not look real, but it's just I don't know. They they're just really funny to me. Cause you know it's supposed to be a person. Um I guess I also kind of liked the scene when Van Helsing like stabs Dracula. Cause like for one, it's not like it's not you know, because I guess you're, you're with, uh, with um, these types of movies. I feel like action is a really big, uh, you know, like they try to make the movies very like dramatic and very like, 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 like there's a fight. But here there's not really much of a fight, you know, like he kind of just goes, opens the coffin. He's about to stab him and the camera pans over and you know, you don't see him really stabbing him, but you hear, like, Dracula scream, and you're like, oh. Okay. Um, it's like, you like you, you understand what's going on. Um, and I feel like it was a really nice um, transition from, like, Dracula over, like, to Mina. Um, I also liked the scene where he bites Mina. Because, um, again, like, they don't really... You know, because it's, it's, like, an intense scene. And you don't really like, and it's, I guess it's like a scene where you kind of like hold your breath, you know, and everything's just kind of quiet as he like leans into her. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, and then, I mean, I also liked Renfield in general. I like the scenes he was in because he, you know, he turned from, like, this guy who was... What was he, like, a businessman or whatever? Going to, to, like, Dracula's castle. And then he goes crazy. And then he just acts crazy, like, throughout, like, the whole movie. Um, you know, eating bugs and shit. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. Tawan, any scenes that stood out? I think, like, my favorite scenes that kind of stood out for me in this movie were ones where, like, you can really just see, like, the set design. Like, when we first, um, when Ryanfield first gets to Dracula's castle, and we're, like, introduced to Dracula for the first time, and you just see, like, um, um, like, the house and stuff, well, I guess house mansion that he lives in, and just how, like, everything looks is, it was very, not even in black and white, like, it was still very, like, aesthetically pleasing, so I did like the way that that came out. In addition to, towards the end, when Dracula is, um, taking Mina, and I think Ryanfield was trying to stop him, that's when he pushed him down the stairs, and you, you see, like, that really huge, like, spiral staircase in there, but it was, like, a wide shot of it, and I really liked the way that that looked as well. Also, I did like the scene when Dracula wakes up for the first time after, like, Ryan Phil is kind of warned about um, Dracula and his wives, and they all kind of awake at the same time, and the wives kind of, like, walk out all mysteriously and stuff, but then we don't see them for the rest of the movie. <laughs> But, yeah, I think those are probably my favorites, um, for the most part. One of the only scenes that I really don't like 
is the like Dracula's death scene. Like he's the main Same. antagonist, and we get a muffled scream. And I I do know, but there were a lot of changes due to the Hayes Code at the time, and of all the censor code, like people we 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 hate the um what's it called? What the, the hell is the code called? We hate the MPAA, but the MPAA has nothing on the Hayes Code. They couldn't do a damn thing. Like yeah. being intimate in a scene, and it was 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 a no go. Like a couple holding hands, a couple kissing, a couple doing something that was mildly sexual was like off limits. So like, yeah, like it just that you want to see the main antagonist. You want to see the in the end, like, and having that be off scene, off screen is insane. And there's a direct sequel to this, and Dracula is still dead, and has to. It's actually I forgot Dracula is actually alive, but it's like a whole thing. It it doesn't make any sense. It's convoluted, and it, because it how this end, that's like my only beef with any of the scenes. It's like. Don't stop pull. They pull. They linger, and for those scenes they linger on, it's good. But then there are other scenes where you can just feel like, okay, this was cut short for some reason. There are scenes missing. There should be more here. It's like some scenes need needed to be lingered on, or they needed to show the action, and they just didn't do that for everything. It's my main beef. Also, the whole boat thing, it just felt disconnected. It was. Like there were, and then actually, and like doing the research, I found out that like the boat sequences felt disconnected because like they were taken from a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, this doesn't feel like this should be here. So, and it shouldn't. So, but Maria, were there any kills that stood out for you? No. <laughs> Maybe like just a Dracula one. Like, I know it was very anticlimactic, but I don't know. I just, I kind of liked it. It was, it was just very, like, um, personally, I think it went with the movie, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of, like, (laughs) um, it's what I am. I don't know. It just it just made sense to me. I guess like I was. It just felt like a like a little, <gasps> and then that's it. You know. And but it felt good because that's that's kind of how the movie was going. You know. Um. <laughs> but um. I think. That's it. I don't really remember anybody else's death, to be honest with you. Um, but I think, yeah, like, I think that's the only one that's memorable to me. <laughs> what about you, Tawan? Yeah, I feel like there wasn't really much to kind of pull from in that regard of, like, Kills like really the only one that's kind of memorable for me it was Ryan Fields and that's just because we kind we see it but even then it wasn't like 
like did he like hug him to death like you can really tell it looked like he squeezed him like really hard then yeah like, that was another him. one like what the fuck happened there yeah and then he like he fell down the stairs so i'm assuming he like i don't know broke his neck down the stairs so, so we don't like i don't know we don't really get like what happened with that um but i would say that was like the only one because it like he showed it but yeah i i but i'm on i didn't like the dracula one because nothing was shown um in that regard like we just hear like that that, that crazy scream and that was it so yeah i'm not yeah for this one i don't know if i could really say anything like in that regard stuck out and let's talk about some of the characters then let's start with john what are your thoughts on john uh john was a boring partner (laughs) um for um he's a boring partner for mina um also a lot i'm like i didn't notice it but when i was watching content on the movie um just like supplement watching it i didn't catch a lot of the times that it was kind of low-key shade being thrown at john um, like they were kind of downplaying them, especially Mina's friend, um, Lucy. She was uh, every like she was like downplaying like, um, John being like or I guess like a rant again and stuff like that. It was just kind of it was just kind of funny, and I would probably say I agree a bit because he really wasn't doing much of anything. He was kind of just. He was more so instigating the situation of Dracula than actually doing anything about it. It was really Van, you know, Van Helsing that that did something about it, and John was kind of just there. Maria, I hate John. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. He he was, but like compared to like the other characters, he was just kind of nothing. I don't know. He was just there and then he cause i think like the first time he met dracula they were like having this really weird back and forth like you just met the guy like leave it alone but um i just i think he was so boring like i mean when he was with mina he mattered when he was like when him mina and dracula he mattered when he was with like man housing he mattered but by himself i don't think he really had anything to offer as a character um, especially compared to like, you know, John and the other retellings, I kind of, I guess, I guess I just expected more. Um, I think he even had a stronger presence in the book, if I'm not mistaken. I might be, it's been a while. But like here, he was just kind of like the jealous fiance who's, you know, well, I guess not really jealous fiance, right? Because... Dracula was trying to take Mina, but he, like, you know what I mean? He was just, he was just the fiance, but that's it. Um, he wasn't even the one who killed Dracula. I don't know. I didn't like John. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on Renfield? Renfield, honestly, I don't think I've seen any other retelling that talks about Renfield or just not that I can think of. Um, the only time I really knew Renfield was like an actual like character of the of like the Dracula films was when I watched the movie Renfield. So this was kind of in a bit a first for me seeing Renfield as part of like, you know, actually being part of the cast, I guess. Um, unless I just never noticed, I don't know. But um 
I mean, I felt kind of bad for the guy. He literally was just going to the castle and then, you know, Dracula made him his servant or familiar or whatever. And then that man just had to eat bugs for the rest of his life. Was like, wasn't he like he wasn't he in like a mental asylum for a bit, or whatever the hell he was? Yep, pretty much. Yeah, like I don't know. I feel bad for him. I guess. Um, like he was crazy, but that wasn't his fault. He didn't choose the crazy. But um, yeah, I feel bad for Renfield. Tuan, what are your thoughts on Van Helsing? Van Helsing was just he was just with the shits like as soon as he like figured out that the um, like the vampire stuff like he was just on it like he had the wolf's bane on deck like he was using everything that he even kept like the little slightest things that he knew about to his advantage to try to was out who was like a vampire and once he once he had it down on who he thought it was he was like on go mode basically but he was kind of he was um not like slick but he was like real um like in a professional way, because like I said, I like like Maria with Reinfeld. I don't. I really only knew Van Helsing because of that Hugh Jackman movie. So it's funny to see like the differences between like that one where he's like this hardcore like vampire hunter versus this like low key doctor almost or psychiatrist who's just using like some plants and um like crosses and stuff like that to fight back, and then. He was the one that also ended up killing Dracula at the end of this, so um, he is the the hero of the movie, one could say. Um, besides that, though, I didn't really have like any like qualms or issues with his character, and I thought the actor that that played him was pretty cool. It was pretty decent too for um, he because he he didn't. In my head, and I can't say it because I didn't read the like the original novel, but in my head, when I think of like someone who's you know going against vampires, like they're kind of ready. But also, this was most most people's first encounter with the vampire, and like they're in their universe, and oh, they also like knew about it. So I think he went about it in a pretty diplomatic kind of way that one could. Maria, what are your thoughts on Mina? I liked. I don't know. Mina has always been my favorite character in Dracula. I think no matter what retelling she's in. Um, I liked her here too, actually. I liked... I guess I like the the duality and I like the way the actress portrayed that. You know, because in the beginning she's all... You know, innocent Mina. And even like when she met Dracula, you know, she was nice. You know what I mean? Like... Um, and then I liked how she kind of switches to this, like, um, it's, I guess, I guess you can see it in, like, the whole, like, wardrobe change, you know? She goes from dressing very modest to, like, wearing, like, tight dresses that shows a little bit more skin, you know? Like, and I like those types of, like, transformations. Um, to me, I mean, I know, I like, I know what the movie's trying to say about women or whatever, but I liked, I just liked how it's like, you know, she's like opening up a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, she's being her best self. <laughs> um, and I also feel like, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I like, I gotta come back to John. Like, 
without like Mina had so much of a more presence than John. Like if John had, if like Van Helsing was just like a dad to Mina or something, or like an uncle, that still would have been a lot better than just John lingering around Mina. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I liked Mina. I really liked her character. Um, I liked the development that she has from the beginning. Um, you know, towards the end, I feel like she really plays that really well. And I really like the actress's like look, you know, I like the way she had portrayed Mina being, you know, hypnotized by Dracula and being kind of like, you know, being turned into Dracula's wife. I'm assuming that's what he was trying to do. But like, like she, she just had a really nice stare and it just like boring to you. And it's just, I don't know. I love it. Um, so I guess I really liked Mina. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on Dracula, Maria? Honestly, I don't think I had a lot of thoughts about Dracula in this movie. He was not that he was just kind of there, but like I just I don't know why, but he just doesn't to me he doesn't feel like a, a the main focal point to the movie even though I know it's called Dracula, but like I mean, the guy or like the actor who portrayed him, I feel like did like a really good job. Uh, Bella Lugosi, I think it was. Um, I think he did a great job, you know, with the accent and like the stare and everything just kind of coming together. Um, but, you know, you know, a lot of the things he did are just reaction to his environment, really. Um He was okay. <laughs> he was all right, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> Tuan, what about you? What are your thoughts on Dracula? So, I would say I did like the actor that portrayed Dracula here. Like, he was, um, he was pretty, like, convincing in a role, especially knowing that after his adapt after this adaptation of Dracula like pretty much every like other Dracula has been imitating this one in regards to like the mannerisms like the accent and stuff like that so i mean you got to give it up to an OG <laughs> but and i don't think it's like most more of his fault i think it's more the fault of like the creatives of the movie because at certain points he wasn't given much to do or like a lot of scenes of like just lingering like kind of how we mentioned earlier because like this was like the first one of the first like sound pictures with dialogue and stuff but also it was it was also a silent film as well so it was a lot of weird kind of choices in the way certain things played out that I don't think it was most of his fault, but because of that, Dracula was is like our main character. He was more the one involved in most of the scenes. It kind of looks bad on his part, in my opinion. But overall, though, I did like like his portrayal and how how um, he went about doing so with it. And I don't think I have like many like many issues. It was just you know kind of the 
movies issues overall because of a changing like media which I can't really fault the actors for because like they did what they were supposed to do well with that being said we have come to the end but not quite the end Tuan can you give the people the behind the scenes info and facts the budget for this movie was three three hundred thousand and forty one dollars um some interesting facts here Bram Stoker's novel had already been filmed without permission as Nosferatu in 1922 by German expressionist filmmaker F.W. Murnau. Stoker's widow sued for plagiarism and copyright infringement, and the courts decided in her favor, essentially ordering that all prints of Nosferatu be destroyed. Universal Pictures paid $40,000 for all rights to the novel and the stage plays so that they would have exclusive rights to the Dracula character. The picture was completed for a total cost of just $300,000, which was under the original estimate of $355,000. While it was almost unheard of now for a studio to release a film without a musical score, it was a lot more common back in the day. The movie didn't get a score until 1998. A Spanish version of the film was made after Universal had finished filming their scenes for the day. A different crew would come in at night to film the scenes in Spanish with different actors. The Spanish film starred Carlos Valerius as Dracula, who was told to imitate Bela Lugosi as best as he could. The Spanish crew was able to watch the raw footage from the English version in order to make their lighting and camera angles better than Todd Browning's film. Over the years, many people consider the Spanish version of the Dracula to be even better than the English version. Compared to some of the brutal and gory horror movies that come out today, Dracula seems rather tame. Before the 30s, however, several elements of the Dracula movie had to eventually be censored. The production code forced upon Universal to delete an epilogue, but the studio also had to censor the groaning of, of the Count after he is killed and the screams of Reinfeld as he dies. Other scenes that were censored overseas included the bug coming out of a coffin, Dracula's Brides, and Reinfeld's pleads to eat spiders and bugs. Before the film was even released, Lugosi worried that it would cause him to be a typecast. He reportedly rejected an offer to reprise his role as Dracula in another stage tour of the play, stating, No, not at any price. When I'm through with this picture, I hope to never hear of Dracula again. I cannot stand it. I do not intend that it shall possess me. Lugosi would request to be dressed in his vampire attire during his open casket funeral in 1956. Reinfeld, the 2023 American action comedy horror, is a direct sequel to the 1931 movie, um, even showing footage of the late Edward Van Sloan as Van Helsing from the 1931 movie. Some critics' reactions. The film currently sits at a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. The New York Times called it the best of many mystery films, characterizing Browning's direction as imaginative and Helen Chandler's performance as excellent. Variety praised the film for its remarkably effective background of creepy atmosphere and wrote, It is difficult to think of anybody who could quite match the performance and the vampire part of Bela Lugosi, even to the faint faint flavor of foreign speech that fits so neatly. Time called it an exciting melodrama, not as good as it ought to be, but a cut above the ordinary trapdoor and winding sheet type of mystery film. And lastly, The New Yorker wrote a negative review, remarking that there is no real illusion in the picture, and this whole vampire business falls pretty flat. Falls pretty flat. Well, I'm guess those if those people were alive today and seeing how much fucking vampire media we didn't gone through because of <laughs> how popular Dracula was, like 
Twilight wouldn't be wouldn't be a thing if if Bella Gosley wasn't sucking on Mina's neck back then, okay? But before we get to the cash and pass, <clears throat> this man <clears throat> was afraid of being typecast as Dracula. That he never ever played Dracula again. But then he requested to be buried in a full Dracula costume. What? That's like Harrison Ford asking to be buried in his Han Solo outfit. Right? Like, what the fuck? Like, you hated the role so much that he, like, he's known for playing Dracula. But there is, he only played Dracula in that, in that one movie. Whatever. But enough about them in the New York. Guys, do we cash or pass Dracula 1931? I'll go first. I cash it. I I love old movies. You know, I, I, I love to see the production and, and the edit. I love to see how they were able to do certain things. And this movie has a lot of good tricks. Like uh, before the recording, someone mentioned that it was weird, but they used fake bats. But then they had like real, they had actual real wolves on set. But they had fake bats. Like interesting choice, but it was a choice. And I think it. I think it worked, and I was going to say the lighting, but it's black and white, so you can't really tell. But it just—it just all seems to work, and it's like an interesting piece of history. And this is literally the movie that made that still modern vampire tales imitate. This is—it's a—it's a cast for me. Tuan. Yeah, I would also give this film a cash. Um, it had good set design, and just for like the historical value alone, like it's very important to um, for like a lot of other like movies and how it's been used so much, um, especially with the performance given by Bela Lugosi for Dracula and how. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, it was used pretty much for like almost every other person's like interpretation of how Dracula acts, and um, that's like really big because like not comparing this, not I've seen this to like other movies that have included Dracula and like the mannerisms and how Dracula comes off and um, like the the talking, the the way he talks, and also um, the accent as well. Is that you could definitely see it like now that I'm like thinking back in my head at other movies that I've like watched that included the character. Um, and even though I do have like some criticisms for like some the way kind of certain shots and stuff are and the way dialogue is given, there's some leniency there as well because of like them switching to that newer form of media to include the sound in it. So I, I gave I, like I give kind of leeway with that, but it's still definitely a cash. Maria. Um uh, I I'm like in the middle, but I'm a little bit more towards pass. Um, it's probably not a movie I would rewatch on my own, like even as like a background comfort movie or anything like that. Um, but it is a movie I'd have other people watch so they can enjoy a classic that is, you know, good. Um, but I don't see myself personally, you know, sitting down 
on a Friday night and being like, you know what? I'm going to watch Dracula 1931. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's like in between. Cause I really, I appreciate the film for what it was. Um, I do appreciate the scenery. I appreciate the live animals. I even appreciate the fake bats, like, you know, but, um, it's just not like, you know, it's just hard having the standard of like the Van Helsing Dracula, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, (laughs) I'd be his wife. Well, Oh my God. I'll let him turn me. I don't care. <laughs> I also want to be rich and immortal. Well, whatever. But um, I just like I do really I do appreciate a lot of elements of the film. Um, there's a lot of things I really loved about it. But I also just I'd watch it a lot more for like the the entertainment and the aesthetic, but not really for like genuine like because I'm interested in the movie you know what I mean well for episode 99 we just reviewed one of the oldest movies I think we're going to review on this channel I mean on this podcast I don't know any other well Nosferatu would be the oldest horror movie but I don't know that might be hard to come by so this is this is going to be the oldest movie we ever review. And like I said, this is episode 99. So join us next week as we have our 100th episode. It's not our 100th review, but it is our 100th episode overall. And I might have a few surprises up my sleeve. You guys have to wait and see. So do you two. You two also have to wait and see. Who knows what I have planned? I do know that an old co-host will be joining us. Uh, the co-host who helped me start the podcast, Kennedy will be back, you know, to help celebrate a hundred episodes. And we're gonna be we're gonna be reviewing one of the all-time classic slasher horror movies, the original Psycho. Hope you guys are excited. Are you guys excited? It's funny because you told us it was a surprise and then you told us what the surprise was. <laughs> oh, no, that's not the surprise. Oh. Oh. No. Oh, no, no, no. We will be reviewing Psycho as our 100th episode review, but I still have other surprises. Maybe I just have to tune in. <laughs> not Marco Killers. You never know. <laughs> Oh, Mark is going to take us to um, Halloween Haunted Night to Universal Studios. Yay! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I mean, I could, but co-host Maria doesn't like planes. How dare you call me out like that? (laughs) Unless she wants to drive the 15 hours. I'll take an Amtrak with Maria. (laughs) Actually, I would be down. (laughs) I would be down. (laughs) So, guys, tune in next week for our 100th episode extravaganza. Hope you enjoyed. Good night.
If you like this episode, please be sure to check out Hide and Fear Horror's past reviews from big franchises like Halloween, Friday the 13th, and the Chucky franchise, or one-off reviews like Us and Midsommar. You can follow Hide and Fear Horrors on Instagram and TikTok, where the host posts updates and mini-reviews. Full episodes are available on several podcasting platforms. If you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to please like and subscribe. Hatton for Horror is produced by Mark Smart, Maria Perez, and Tuan Griffin. Edited by Mark Smart. Themed by Lethal Injections. The Haddonfield Horrors Podcast is a Letters to Media production. Should we do an intro?